Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, the amazing artist Tippy Inks is here to answer questions about her mastery of painting pop art, choosing color palettes, and our mutual love for mystery-solving meddling kids. <laughs> I can't remember exactly when I found your Instagram page. I know it was some art challenge. I think it's. Uh, it might have been uh, June. I think or it's June Toon. What was the other one? Either June Toon or Inktober. One of those two. One of those two. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it was June, but uh, I discovered your work. And as a huge nerd, I've <laughs> been a fan of your work. Uh, every time you post another piece, it's just so fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I want to I want to find out more about uh, your art history. What has what, your okay. your path from like uh you know being a little kid sketching out you know cartoons? I assume that that's where it started because that's yeah. <laughs> often where it starts for any artist picking up a pen and like, hey, look, it's Bugs Bunny. Let me draw. So, right. what is your art history? So my art history started when I was in the third grade. Um, I was into reading at that time, Washington Post would come out with the Sunday comics every Sunday. And so I would take the comics, especially was it Baby Blues, Garfield. Um, I can't think of the other one, Beetle Bailey. Beetle Bailey was probably my most favorite one. And so I just started to randomly started to sketch out those comics even during class. And of course, per usual, it's always like, oh, well, Tiffany, no, you need to be doing your work. But I'm like, but my work is done. So now what? <laughs> I have nothing else to do. So I would constantly just sketch out those characters. Then I start moving into um, Warner Brothers, like Bugs Bunny, Taz. I was huge sketching Sylvester all the time. Um, I probably cannot remember how to sketch Sylvester now, <laughs> freehandedly on my own without a reference. I'm getting older, so it's not the same. Um, but then, of course, you know, for me, I've been a huge Scooby-Doo fan, still am. Um, and so that's when, from Scooby-Doo, I tried to create my own little characters. They were called Ghetto Babies. I don't know why, um, how that began, and never fully successfully did it. <laughs> and up until, I want to say maybe I got into high school, it started to get more heavier, where people and I had classes with, they're like, oh, there's that kid that's quiet, but she's always drawing all the time. But she does good work when she draws all the time. And I decided to just keep going with it. Um, my dad put me in, was I think at the time it's called art instruction schools. And so from there, he wanted me to go outside of just drawing on pencils and using Sharpie. So I learned to work with other mediums, such as watercolor, which I, I commend anybody who is good at it because I cannot do it whatsoever. Um, I learned how to sculpt, which also I am not the best at either. I tried to make a little cup and saucer and it definitely indented inward. And I tried to give it to my dad as a Father's Day gift. And I'm pretty sure he probably was like trying to figure out what to do with it, but he accepted it anyway. Um, what else did I learn? I learned uh, stippling, which is like creating a bunch of dots to form an actual, either a face, an eye, which is actually my favorite to do if I was wanting to get into realism. Um, and then I also got into charcoal, which is also my other favorite, me I'm sorry, favorite medium to do. And it does get messy, but I kind of like being messy, but I also like cleaning up at the same time. And then after a while, I kind of like stopped drawing. I guess adulthood took over <laughs> in my 20s. And I kind of like put a pause on it. 
uh, probably want to say maybe when I got around like 23, 24, I hit a, like a really dark path in my life and I needed to find a better outlet. And so I got back into drawing all over again. And at that time, I kind of wanted to branch or how to figure out, okay, so I can draw Bugs Bunny, but what can I do to Bugs Bunny to kind of make him stand out a little bit more? And so I started to take my love for jigsaw puzzles and I started to merge that, try to make Bugs Bunny look a little bit more conform, make him look more puzzle style. And so that's where I started going forward with it, but also going back to making sure like cleaning up my lines, making bolder lines. So that way their face stands out more learning how to re-clean my work over and over and over so that way my colors look more bolder, whether I'm doing illustration or if I'm doing painting. And I started teaching myself how to paint 2018, which it still shocks a lot of me. <laughs> yes, it shocks Okay, so you saw, my, you saw my facial expression. Yes, I did. So too, hold on, hold on. Very shocked. <laughs> before, you, before you go on there, because I am, yeah, flabbergasted is the word. Um, I am yeah. flabbergasted. You said 2018? Yes, 2018 is when I taught myself how to paint. Holy, okay. Because <laughs> your paintings are fantastic, and I was going to ask about that, but I needed to take a, a moment breather to realize that <laughs> 2018? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. It does wow. Play, but, yeah, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, wow, like, I've only really doing this for three years. But, yeah, I trust me. I wanted to quit the first time I tried. I created my first painting was of Louise from Bob's Burgers and I cried because I could not understand how colors work. I didn't understand like why did my paint not look as smooth as when I see my other art peers. I'm like, this is nuts. I had no patience. I still have no patience. And I'm like, nope, I can't do this. So I like stopped for like three months and I started back on it again. And that's when I took, um, what do you call it? Harley Quinn's uh, symbols that she keeps like on her bodysuit. I started making those and I was like, okay, this time we're gonna practice. We want to breathe we're going to take our time so i slowly started learning how to work with the brush and i was like oh well this is nice but then my friends were like well, wait till you start learning about color theory and learning how to use backgrounds i'm like yeah see no right there is where you're going to lose me <laughs> but i started like studying some more i started asking my friends for advice learning stuff on youtube figuring out which paint works which doesn't learning about different brushes and what they do and from there, it's like the more you keep working on it, the more better you get at it. And I still feel like I'm kind of getting into a little bit of my prime where I'm still learning colors. I'm still learning how to do backgrounds. I hate doing them. Oh, my God. It's, it drives me nuts. But <laughs> people always ask, like, how do you know your colors? I'm like, I don't know. I just pick a color and I just work with it <laughs> the best of my abilities. Um, for the most part, I've learned about how complementary colors work. And that's pretty much how I choose most of my background colors for almost all of my paintings to an extent. Sometimes if I want to work around with like my Scooby-Doo ones I have, I wanted to work with tertiary colors. So I'm like, well, why not see what it looks like using just those three solid colors, which was not easy to do whatsoever. But thank God they made little plastic cups so I can store these colors because I could not recreate them if I tried. <laughs> 2018, really? <laughs> <laughs> Because you're, 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 so I don't like painting. I try to avoid painting whatsoever because I can't get the solid colors that you do. Like yeah. I see the strokes and that's why whenever I have painted, I've, I've been like, you oh, know, I'm going to be, uh, I'm just going to do impressionism because that is a good <laughs> excuse to never have to worry about solid lines. Exactly. Um, no offense to any actual impressions out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
but your lines are amazing. Um, I was looking at uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, your video of you doing the one with Krusty and Bob. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I still have to finish that one. <laughs> yeah, but your straight lines and your font work is amazing. <laughs> it takes a while learning to use like what people use called the grid method, which is the most tedious thing to learn how to do when it comes to painting. I've learned that for me since in a sense, like I have an eye, but I don't have the best eyes for it grid style method works just as good because for me I'm like all right I'm getting it just as accurate as can be because I can be a little bit of a perfectionist when I want things to look a certain way and then if they don't then I'm like oh well just screw it I'm just gonna put a whole gesso over it. I'm gonna start all over and for that one I actually had to <laughs> start over at least three times so I had to put the amount very thin layer of gesso on top of it if I didn't like it I'm just like yep nope we're starting this all over again so we get it right <laughs> you're making me feel better now uh... <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, your video, I, okay, so I, <laughs> uh, a lot of people when they watch me draw, because I'm really a fast artist and I can get mm -hmm. stuff done. And so uh, people have told me that I'm intimidating. Um, seeing your videos, I understand that intimidation, seeing how mm -hmm. insanely amazing <laughs> your your painting work and you're like, oh no, it's just, it, it's, it's taking a lot of practice and a lot of patience and I don't like it. And a lot of times I start over, I'm like, okay, good. That yeah. feels better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were mentioning that uh, you're a big fan of uh, comic strips uh, yeah. in the newspaper. Um, have you been to Islands of Adventure in Florida? I have not. I've been to, I didn't know, I didn't go to Universal Studios, which is on my bucket list to do at some point in time, if not this year, next year. But I have been to like the Disney World parks out there, which was actually really fun. Although I will say I was terrified of Jaws, even though I know it was mechanical, I still was not a fan trying to satisfy that ride. Like I was screaming and crying. I was probably pulling on this old man who was next to me. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I don't like this ride whatsoever. Mind you, I'm like 20 years old on this ride, like freaking out like I'm five. And there's little kids in front of me like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the reason why I ask about uh, Islands of Adventure is that um, there's a land called Toon Lagoon, and it's like uh, it's their response to Toontown, and okay. it's all about comic strip characters. Oh, and I don't know, I I, I loved it because mm -hmm. there were a lot of statues of characters that I would never I, I would never see a statue for. When you said Beetle Bailey, they had a Beetle Bailey statue, yeah. and they had uh, Marmaduke. They had a sign that says um, they said. I'm in full color, so it must be Sunday. And I'm mm. like, what kid knows that joke? What kid is looking <laughs> at that? And they're like, oh, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think you'd really dig it if you're into newspaper, because like, I was enjoying myself I, thoroughly. Yeah, I would <laughs> have to go and check that out. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange theme park. I only went because I wanted to take the train from one park to another for the Harry Potter world. And then when I got yeah. to Toon Lagoon, I'm like, this is weird. I love it, but whatever. <laughs> Um, and then you mentioned uh, working on Bugs Bunny and making it a pu puzzle, uh, uh, making make a puzzle piece, I guess. Um, your disconnected paintings, I don't, is that the term that you want to use for them? Because it's, yeah. it reminds me of those games where, remember, they would scramble up an image and you had to slide the images to yes. make the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used to play those games all the time. I still have the game on my phone. I play it. <laughs> is is that is that the inspiration for the painting? Because I it's great. It's yeah. The the character is nostalgic, 
But then remembering the the game is also another level of nostalgia, and I love looking at your pieces. Yeah, so those definitely was a creative piece. I've always wanted to try and make things that I used to love enjoying from my childhood and try to maneuver those around. Like, the who else had it? The, the Joker was one. Uh, Harley Quinn I did. Two-Face, the DC comic, I kind of did that whole theme, which surprisingly quite a few people are asking if I'm going to be bringing those back. Um, which I will be in these next upcoming months. Thankfully, after this art show in August, I will have much more free time to go back and do those things. So, yes, I will be bringing them. I will have, I actually wrote a list of characters that I do want to try it out. I will say one is Thundercats. So, (laughs) people have been asking, so I was like, all right, let's go, let's dive deeper a little bit into it. So, I definitely been itching to go ahead and put a little couple of Thundercats characters out there and definitely do it in that same exact style. The show in DC, uh, mm-hmm. I it, it's in DC, right? I'm just yes. remembering. Okay, yep. so I know August, I've seen... August 1st. I, and what is that show? So that one is the Black Girls Art Show. I've been doing them. I did the first one, was it December of last year? And then I recently did one for them again, Mother's Day weekend. And now they decide, normally only do it in just Atlanta, but I guess this year they decide they want to go ahead and just expand to other cities. So they're going back to my home turf, which I'm originally from Maryland, but I moved and live in North Carolina right now. Um, so it'd be nice for me to do it back at home and get to see my friends who all, some of them have already bought tickets, so they're like anxious to see, because a lot of them never had a chance to even see me do any art shows per se. And this also be my mom's first time coming to an art show uh so she gets to see me work but of course her first thing is do people snap fingers at these events i'm like my mom this is not a poetry slam like it's basically a museum except you get to talk to people and you buy things okay (laughs) so that's how it works (laughs) so it'll be nice to get a chance for her to see me and my element for a change it'll be nice i'm definitely gonna snap fingers at museums now I'm starting to think that too next time I go to another one. I'm like, yeah, I think I should snap my fingers too, like my mom suggested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice statue. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it makes sense that your friends haven't seen your work since you've only been painting since 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's cool. I know uh, another art show that you do is uh, Booze and Pancakes, yes. which every time you post an ad for that, it makes me so hungry because I am a big fan of beer. I'm a big fan of booze and uh, pancakes. I mean, pancakes. if you substitute, I, I would be, if it was booze and waffles, then I'm really mm-hmm. sold and I'll be there. But booze and pancakes, I like pancakes. Pancakes are good. Yeah, it's a good combination too, actually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I, I, I love uh, the pop culture and the twist on pop culture characters that you do. One of my favorite mm-hmm. ones is the one that you did uh, the uh your your different version of Beetlejuice. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my goodness. So that one, I'm not even sure how I decided I wanted to like change his look, change his color, give him a different look. I wanted to keep so people can recognize him, of course, known for his pinstripe suits. But I figured, well, let me add a little twist. So let me throw a little bit more color besides it being just, you know, black and white stripes. Kind of give him a little more dirty mole look to him. Um, and I still have him on my shirt. I have There's a, a shirt company here locally in Durham. Um, they actually found my Instagram page and wanted to know if they could put my work on shirts. So I was like, okay, sure, why not? So they, they had what's called like an artist month. I think it starts in October where they'll pick like three local artists in the area and then they'll actually sell their work on shirts and whatever uh, they sell, we get profit from. 
So I actually did the first year I moved down here in North Carolina, which was in 2019. And I was shocked to know that so many people were buying it alone. So then it was like, you got to bring us more work when you get a chance. I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? So yeah, that's how that started. And I feel like, uh, I, I'm, I'm amazed that so, so people bought the Beetlejuice one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people came, they were buying them on shirts, hoodies. They also do bags as well. So people were buying them up and I was so shocked to learn about it when they sent me the check. And I was like, oh, wow, I did not expect this. <laughs> What's that's that really that's really interesting because I didn't think yeah. that uh that cartoon of Beelges would be that well known. I did I wouldn't think either because I'm like I only figure a lot of people who are like you know 80s 90s babies maybe a little bit of early 2000s will understand that show um and I guess maybe some people who thought the movie itself would be a little bit different but I'm like no 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 you have to watch the cartoon to really understand Beetlejuice not just from the actual movie which was still good but still. I uh I, I recently saw a YouTube video where someone who was watching Beetlejuice for the first time was talking about how <laughs> disgusting it is, and he's like, I, she was like, I don't know why people like this. This is a gross. <laughs> he's a he's he's practically a villain. How he's like dealing with Lydia. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. He's a monster. Yeah. He's we're he's not up. supposed to like him. Right. <laughs> I guess I expect him to be like Casper, but no, that's not how this works. <laughs> um, what? What is an obscure character that you feel like uh, you might be the only person who remembers it? Road Rovers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been obsessed with Muzzle, even though he doesn't make much noise. Um, but he was definitely a, a, a favorite character of mine, even though I can't think of the Doberman's name. But I hated his arrogance to the fullest extent. But he was still, <laughs> he was still my, fa he was my second fave, without a doubt. I think I saw your painting of uh, biker mice from Mars, and that's oh, like one of the... people were just like, "How old are you to understand what biker mice?" I'm like, "You guys realize I was born in '88." They're like, "No, there's no way you're born." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in my 30s, but <laughs> so they're very." But you, <laughs> but you know, no one knows. So there have been a lot of people like expressing like knowing biker mice from Mars. There's probably maybe like three or four people who hit me up and they're just like, you know nothing about that. I'm like, um, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Same thing, even with street sharks, when I did them, people were like, there's no way you know what street sharks are. I'm like, yeah, you'd be quite amazed. Or what's the other old show that used to come out? No, they're not really cartoons, but they're kind of like anime-ish. Uh, Dinosaurs is another one. A lot of people don't know who they are either. I'm just like, wow, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I recently was in a conversation with someone and I had to explain Mighty Max because uh someone was we were we were talking about the toy mm -hmm. we were talking about toys and I was saying that yeah they had a really awesome thing where you open the face was a thing but then you open it up and then there's all these like different layers and whatnot to it mm -hmm. and then I explained the cartoon and that's a really weird show to have to explain to people. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I feel like when I saw the Biker Mice from Mars painting, I was like, all right, cool. I totally understand uh, what area of cartoons you're at. <laughs> yeah, definitely 80s, 90s uh, kid, without a doubt. And I feel like wasn't Biker Mice, I, I, I always, whenever I think of cartoons, I think about what channel I watched them, what day I was watching them. And mm -hmm. I think Biker Mice, for me, Biker, Biker, <laughs> Biker Mice from Mars was on UPN with all the uh, cartoons yep. that weren't the uh, really like like Street Sharks, like mm -hmm. Mighty Max. I think that I'm trying to remember. I think Mummies Alive was no Double Dragons was definitely on UPN. Um, yeah. 
And I just, I love that block of cards. Oh, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. That's another one that's in the UPN <laughs> block. Um, so, think, was, uh, was Norks included on that too, or no? Or was which Norks, one was that? Norks, were they included on that on UPN? But I'm also thinking maybe Cartoon Network. Maybe they might have been. Or was it Boomerang? I can't remember if it was Boomerang or I. See, when I'm thinking about that cartoon, I'm thinking of uh, uh, NBC or CBS. That's mm-hmm. where my mind's going to, but I could be wrong. Huh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to Google that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I just remember being a kid and having uh, what uh, Saturday morning cartoons. It was either usually you're gonna go to uh, ABC. ABC. <laughs> <laughs> ABC, Fox, those are going to be your great WB. WB. Well, WB was always my uh, afternoon block. I love the afternoon. Like, what was it, American Dragon, um, Yu-Gi-Oh, which I had the longest. I feel like I watched them more than I watched Pokemon at the moment. Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, uh, those were definitely my go-tos. Have you watched the new Animaniacs? I haven't had a chance to, but I I did get a chance to watch some of the, I think they were on Hulu. So I had a chance to watch some of the previews, and I was like, all right. I like that they kind of kept, they didn't change up too much of their looks. They look a little bit more crispier now, but I prefer to keep it that way versus how, I guess, Warner, I think it was the Paramount, changed up the Rugrats now, and I'm kind of like, mm, no. Oh, the Rugrats are CG, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I was like, <laughs> they can, there's some, some things you just got to leave alone. And that one, I was like, nah, you got to leave Rugrats alone. I, the only big complaint I have about the new Animaniacs is that uh, it's mostly just the Warners and Pinky and the Brain. Mm-hmm. They're not diversifying their, their um, you know, their cast. They have a lot of characters that I'm just not seeing. I, I miss the Good Feathers. I miss uh, Button, Buttons and Mindy. Funniest, though. What was that? The Good Feathers are the funniest. They're my favorite, too. I love the good feathers and uh, that whole bit. Uh, I I I remember being a kid and watching the good feathers and thinking they're hilarious, but not having the knowledge of Goodfellas, and so mm-hmm. not getting not getting all the jokes, but getting them as kids. And then you watch Goodfellas and you're like, oh, because Joe <laughs> Pesci does that whole bit. It's like, uh, I'm funny, and they have that whole question, and I did not. It's weird realizing why it's funny as an adult. Why they did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you mentioned working with color palettes and you just pick a color and learning color theory and uh, complementary colors. Um, and you mentioned, it's funny because like when I was thinking of this question, I went straight to your Scooby-Doo painting. Mm-hmm. And you just picked a random color and went from there because I think that your color palettes are gorgeous. Thank you, thank you. Um, for that one, I there's actually a, a series that I want to actually start with it because I want to start using not just tertiary. I want to get into the primary colors, the secondary, and the some of the complementaries. But I just haven't figured out which characters I want to use them with just yet. Um, but primarily for me, I usually just look at the color wheel and figure out which colors to go from there. Sometimes I actually will go on Google and look at different color palettes. A lot of times I go on Lowe's and I'm buying like most of my shipping supplies from there. And usually I swing by like the paint area and I look at a lot of the color swatches. And so for me, it's like, I'll take a picture of it with what I like on my phone. And then now what's different with technology, you can actually take a picture of it with your iPad. If I go on Procreate 
it can actually merge the actual colors over. Yeah, it's a whole tool I found out on YouTube. There's a whole, I think it's like a five minute video about it on how you can pull, even if you go on, like if you do a Google search engine, you can merge the colors that you see from your Google search engine into Procreate and they'll create like a whole color palette for you. That's amazing. Yeah, I was like, wow, had I known this, earlier ahead of time i probably would have been doing that same method for all of my work but eh, i guess eventually i did get caught up with times but hey better now <laughs> than then <laughs> i'm always going to be a big fan of tertiary colors just because there's yeah. a lot of really fun colors out there that a lot of people don't play around with yep um i am a big fan of compliment complementary colors i keep that in mind in almost anything i work in if you don't if you're not familiar with com for the listeners, I know you are familiar with complementary <laughs> colors, uh, but for listeners who don't know complementary colors, it's like if you have the wheel, if you have the color wheel, it's here's a color and it's the color on the opposite end of the wheel. Um, it's you know green and green and red, right? That's the combination because Christmas does it. Like I yeah. think, yeah. <laughs> um, green, red, blue, orange, yellow, purple, that sort of thing, and. Uh, you when the complementary colors are next to each other they're going to make each other look so much brighter than they really are mm -hmm. so i'm glad that you use them in your artwork and it makes sense because uh your your artwork is vibrant mm -hmm. and i just really love that scooby-doo piece because one <laughs> i'm a big fan of scooby-doo yeah and two those colors are very vibrant but they're very unexpectedly bright colors because they're darker mm -hmm. but they pop so well <laughs> yeah it's all i've learned that the less you put on your brush and if you go in the same direction each time that's what makes your paint smooth plus that plus layers as well but i've learned that's how that's the trick to getting everything to look so smooth instead of having like that weird clumpy look to your paintings i was like oh so i told myself for this one, i'm like we're gonna take our time we're gonna simply just ease the strokes we're just going to go the same direction each time which is very tedious and it can be tiring because you're like oh i just want her to get the section of painting already but the more you take your time with it i guess it's kind of painting is like yoga the more you learn the better you get at it um the more you concentrate with it the better your strokes will be and i think for now it's like i'm trying to merge myself from not using when i do my line work i used to use paint markers i still do in the sense of where i outline it but I go back and I fill in using an actual, like um, use a zero round brush, or I might use a liner um, brush as well. And I'll just go back and recorrect my strokes, which makes it more bolder. Now I've noticed it's a huge difference. And I tell myself the more I keep working at it, uh, especially with wrist control, that also helps learning how to actually pull the brush towards you, not away from you, um, can give you those solid lines. And I'm always amazed to see how certain things turn out. And people are always amazed, like, there's no way you, you did this by hand. I'm like, yeah, I did it by hand. I've, I've watched your videos on Instagram. <laughs> uh, you've definitely done it by hand. And I don't think I'm ever going to get over you saying that you just started 2018. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think for me, that's the biggest thing for a lot of artists. Uh, when I do meet them, when I go to different shows, especially artists that I have looked up to that I've been following for so many for so many years, um, they always look at my work. They're just like, "Wait, you've been doing this for like decades?" I'm like, "No, it's just three. <laughs> and they're just like, "There's no way you've done this for three years." And I'm like, "I 
I can't even explain it how I managed to get this far in three years. Um, I still feel like there's so many things that I want to go with. I know for me now, I finally found the direction I want my work to go towards. I know everybody has different stuff. Some people do realism. Some people are into abstract. Uh, for me, it's always been pop art. Roy Lynchison, Andy Warhol are like my, my two biggest favorites. And I feel like for me, there's not a lot of female pop artists out there um, that does the work. So for me, I want to change that up um, to be one of the few women out there who are, are into strictly just the pop art culture. Um, so that's why for me, I'm sticking with the cartoons. It's always been my go-tos. I've always tried to make it a little bit different whether if I'm changing up the colors, whether, like you said, tertiary, primary, secondary, um, which now I've learned, I bought some fluorescent paint, which I have a very well-known character um, in the process, which I will be debuting him, hopefully, for the Pancake and Booze in Philly, um, August 7th. So uh, that character will be done in all fluorescent paint, which is not easy to use, which I have learned over and over. I bought like little canvases, and I've been trying to like figure out what's the best way to work to get them to look just as solid as any of my other paintings but also realizing that you know these things glow in the dark right so i'm like looking at a whole bunch of like glow in the dark paintings all around my room like yeah i might need to like just flip these over or else my room just looks like one big nightclub but it <laughs> i have to change that up but i am looking forward to bringing this piece to the philly show though what makes them difficult to paint um, because they're not as, uh, they're more, they're less transparent. So it's like, you really have to work with them in multiple layers, just like any certain colors that you may buy. Um, and I think it's just maybe the texture and how they even feel. It's almost like really thin and it almost, I want to say it looks a little bit watery. So it's almost close to a little bit of a watercolor. So you really kind of have to like work through it. Um, there are other brands that have the same fluorescent paint. Some of them might be thicker. So I bought like more of what's called a heavy body um, fluorescent. So those would be applied more thicker. So that way I have to have less layers, thank God. Um, but even in still like certain colors, like everyone knows that greens and blues are the worst colors to use for paint. It's so hard to work with. That's why more people buy house paints versus whether acrylic or oils because it's less layers to use. They come out much smoother rather than you also trying to mix colors of yellow or blue to get that perfect green. But even then still, when you do that, it still looks transparent. You're like, mm, nope, I need this to be more opaque, so this is not going to work. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you want to be, because there aren't a lot of uh, female uh, painters known mm -hmm. for pop art. Mm -hmm. um, and that made me think about uh, when you said that you made the Bikers Mice from Mars painting, and someone mm -hmm. said, you don't know this character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that's them challenging you because of your age or because you're a woman? Um, I want to say because of age. Okay. Factor. I want to say that can be it. Um, I feel like maybe if I had probably done this maybe in my early teens, early twenties, um, then I probably would have been a little bit more like museum wise, gallery wise. But I feel like, eh, you can start. You can start painting at any day. You can start being an artist really at any age. It's just in a matter of the time you put into it, networking yourself, putting yourself out there to do certain things more, because you never know who you come across um, whatsoever that may have been watching you grow. Um, and there's a lot of people that you can get connections into uh, with getting yourself placed in galleries, whether they're small, big, whether there might be 10 people that show up, whether it might be 40,000, it just depends. And I think for me, I never look at um, 
I try to tell myself that whether if I might have two big fans or one fan or maybe 20 of them, um, it's never going to change what I put out. I know with people, when they think of Black artists, they feel like, oh, well, you know, you should do paint portraits of people or, you know, you should do more realism. You should do, you know, more like paint celebrities or stuff like that. And I don't knock people who do it. I love to see those work. Um, but I also feel like it's not much of a competition in a sense. I feel like it's something that a lot of them do. And I think for me, I'm always going to love cartoons. I will never stop loving it. I'm always going to continue to paint and draw cartoons, probably until I'm not able to work with my hands anymore. And even then still, I probably might try to find some other invention I can use to just <laughs> do the work for me at some point. Um, so I, for me, I'm always wanting to keep that level where it's like it's a good break to have to see i'm not kind of like being an underdog when i go to these art shows because a lot of them they, you'll see like the same things with nursery like oh wow like cartoons and that, oh my gosh her lines and work are clean they're so bold they're so huge and so for me i feel like i'm never looking at it as a downfall i'm never going to look at it as a hindsight where i'm like oh well since not a lot of people are into cartoons like that anymore maybe i should stop nope i'm never going to stop doing it whatsoever I was thinking more along the lines of uh, as far as gatekeeping, because I've, I've heard that uh, there's a lot of gatekeeping in uh, fandoms. And I'm wondering how many other angles of gatekeeping might be there that I'm not familiar with. Because mm-hmm. um, I just know I've, I've talked to a lot of uh, women that I know about whenever they talk about like video games that they like or cartoons that they like, uh, someone will ask them a bunch of questions to see to test their fandom to see if they're even worthy of being the fan <laughs> of this nerdy thing. Um, and I never understood that because it's like, you know, we all had TVs and there's cartoons on them. So mm-hmm. I don't re- I don't have to remember all of the Street Sharks names to still like Street Sharks. <laughs> exactly. I think that's that's how some people feel like me. They're like, oh, well, I, for me, I probably sound more heavy on like knowing I probably watch almost every Scooby-Doo. I used to have, like, the lunch pails, the boxes. I have maybe two Scooby-Doo puzzles. One of them I have to actually finish working on. Um, and at one point, I went to a Comic-Con, and I met the person who played the voice of Shaggy on the on the actual TV shows, the 80s. He was there. And so that was nice uh, to get a chance to see how, you know, to learn about them. And at one point, my mom learned that she told me she actually used to be scared of watching Scooby-Doo when she was a teenager. <laughs> And I never understood it because I'm just like, wait, you used to be scared of like these little monsters and everything. But she said for her, the the skull guy who likes to talk, who has that he has like the skull, but it lights up. She's that one creeped her out the most. For me, I think the creeper was probably for me the most uh, frightening. I just couldn't stand his voice. And then for a while, maybe because I had a teacher whose voice kind of sounded like the creeper, and I probably had nightmares about it for a while. That's way too cool that you got to meet Casey Kasem. That's yeah. nuts. Like, <laughs> I think what he came to the Awesome Con in DC. Oh my goodness, what year it was when I worked? I worked in DC for a hotel, and I want to say it might have been twenty. I want to say either twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen that year I met him, and it was just like on random. I was like, oh crap, I did not realize until he spoke, and I'm like, oh, I know who you are, and it was just so weird. My friends were like, wait, what? I'm like, you guys don't know who this is? Like seriously? <laughs> they're just like no I'm like you guys don't watch Scooby-Doo enough they're just like no not really not much I'm like okay you know what fine I'm gonna have my fangirl moment and still enjoy <laughs> it so 
Um, I know Scooby-Doo recently, and I still have to buy the DVD mm-hmm. um, of uh, their Halloween special. I saw the trailer for it, and it was just nuts because, like, uh, um, first it was Scooby-Doo, and it says Halloween. And I'm like, all right, cool. I love it already. And then right. they're like, uh, and here's Elvira. I'm like, okay, even better. Yeah. And then uh, they have Fear Guest. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then they introduce Scarecrow from Batman in this one movie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. are you just going down a list of my favorite things? What, what's going <laughs> on here? And then Bill Nye, the science guy, shows up. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> what else can you throw in here for me, please? Like, come on, let's, let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> But uh, I remember someone told me that they were they, they showed me a clip of a uh, Courage of Cowardly Dog and, and Scooby Doo and mm-hmm. I'm like nah I don't believe that I have to see yeah. something and then they show me the trailer I'm like holy shit all right yeah. <laughs> they're just going ahead and just going for it they're just going to start adding more people to things I think it's nice to have that good crossover for some of these cartoons because then it's like yes I love it I'm here for it <laughs> well, I feel like Scooby Doo has been doing it since like it's it's nothing new for them yeah. they've been having crossovers and Especially guests. had the Scooby-Doo and Friends on Boomerang, where they had, like, the Harlem Globetrotters and everything. That was that was huge for a while. So I feel like for them, that's probably really the only TV show I can think of at that time frame where I feel like something that's so old, they can still kind of come out and still mix some of their old with the new. I mean, they, they've been crossing over with Batman since it was uh, Adam West and Burt Ward. So Very. it's nothing... <laughs> It's, uh, if I ever hear anyone saying, oh, now they're just jumping the shark, I'm like, no, Scooby-Doo created. They, they, they've been jumping the shark since the beginning, so it's exactly. nothing. <laughs> um, what was one of the most stressful commissions that you've gotten? Uh, last year I had to do Farside and Phoenix album cover as a commission work, and I think for me, like, granted, it was done in cartoon style. But it's the first one I've done where at that time I didn't have to do really any shadow work or any highlighting. And I think it's just how the lines and how they had it structured on there where there's so many bold lines. I'm trying to figure out, okay, so where does the color fit in this? I'm not quite sure. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a struggle. It was more so like messy lines, not anything clean. So I was like, all right, you guys are going to give me like an aneurysm on the left side of my head like really quickly if I can't get this right and I was like I had like breakdown moments like I cried because I couldn't get it right and I was trying to like just the sketch alone was the most difficult part and so I'm like on the phone with one of my close art friends and I'm like I can't do this like this is so hard like I don't understand why when it's in my realm I'm this cartoon like I shouldn't be fucking this up but it's like I'm like, I can't get this where I'm like I don't know what to do and they're just like breathe take a day, not do anything, get back into it, and you'll be fine. I'm like, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I really was constantly, like, not wanting to do commissions anymore after doing that painting. But I actually ended up just pushing through it the best way I could. And I was shocked to learn how well. I was like, god damn, this is is some hot shit. Like, this really looks good. So the client, of course, she loved it. It was for her boyfriend for for his birthday as a surprise gift. And he was blown away. Um, a lot, I got a lot of appraisals for that. A lot of people were just like, "There's, it's really hard to try to replicate that because of how the lines look. And I was like, trust me, you know, the amount of pressure I put on myself to get that done, you will not believe it <laughs> if I tried. So that one was probably the most difficult. Next to the, actually, the Joker and Red Hood piece will be the next difficult one. 
I <laughs> I know that feeling of having to walk away from a piece so <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> someone uh, got me to draw uh, Shere Khan from uh, Tailspin, and I was looking up his hands, how his hands are drawn or his hands are created, and oh, they, they look a little uneven to me. They they kept changing their uh, their plan for his hands. The yeah. style of his hands changed from episode to episode. And I was like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, well, <laughs> which I don't, one? I don't know what the original hand looked like if they keep changing it. <laughs> it was very frustrating. I didn't know which way I was going to go with that one. And uh, yeah. I had to keep walking away. <laughs> and uh, I know a lot of people say that hands are the hardest part. And they are. They can be. Yeah. I, But I've gone to Google and I've looked up a bunch of hands on how to do them. And a lot of times... Uh, if you go, if you if you're looking at like a Looney Tunes hands, Disney hands to Dr. Seuss hands, there's always like a different style to it where the pinky fl- goes and where the thumbs go. And I'm like, all right, I can do I can do this. But if you keep changing your rules, now it's going to be frustrating. Now I have to <laughs> figure out which one you want to go with. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> um, have you seen the new video game uh, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl? No, I have not, but I it was sent to me in a DM in regards to about it. I actually heard about it today, so I will be going through it and look through it. And if so, yes, best believe I will be getting it. <laughs> I will be um, my controllers. I haven't probably hadn't had time to play on my video consoles in probably three months now because of client work. Thankfully, it has slowed down. It actually stopped for right now, which I actually have one client to work on this upcoming week. And luckily, usually around this time, late summer, early fall is when it's a little bit slower for me for client work. So I'm like, I have more time between creating my own work and getting back to playing my video games because I'm into fighting games a lot. Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Street Fighter, those things. And a little bit of Spyro. I'm a huge Spyro fan as well. Uh, Crash, uh, Bandicoot is actually pretty good. One of my friends are trying to get me into getting the Dragon Ball Z fighting game. So I was like, all right, sure, why not? I'll try it. Um, now for the listeners who don't know what Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is, it's, a uh, it's, it pretty much like, it's Smash Brothers, but with Nickelodeon characters. Um, if you had to pick three, three characters on your team, and this doesn't have to be any of the characters that they actually have on the game, it could be any mm-hmm. characters that you want. Um, what three Nickelodeon characters would you pick? Um, I don't know if they can count as one, but I gotta go Cosmo and Wanda from Fairly Odd Parents. I'm gonna count them as one. I mean, Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers has the uh, ice climbers. Come on, you can do two. <laughs> right. Uh, I gotta go with them. I gotta give me Jimmy Neutron. And I'm trying to think who else. Actually, give me uh, give me Eliza from uh, Wild Thornberries. I gotta go with those three. <laughs> now, Jimmy Neutron. Do you think that he like what what kind of weapon would he be armed with? That boy probably can come up with so many different things all in one that technically, in a sense, you almost kind of almost really don't need Cosmo Wanda. But then, you know, Jimmy's good for having his little hiccups, and I don't need those hiccups to have him for me at any given time. That's why Cosmo Wanda's going to be there. But then for Eliza, you know, she's fearless. She's one of those persons where it's like, all right, sure, why not? Let's do it now. I'll suffer the consequences later. I'm not going to think about it. So that's why I feel like, all right, those three, all right, we can work with it. She can be the more, like, let's do it. Give me the weapon. Jimmy can kind of be like, all right, here's the weapon. I'm not sure if it's done correctly, but we're going to use it anyway. And then Cosmo Wando is like, you know, you can just wish all this, right? Like, yeah, that can work too. 
But yeah, I think that Cosmo, Wanda, uh, and Jimmy, I think that they'd be uh, some good projectile characters. So that I, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm like thinking about their fighting styles and comparing it to Smash Bros. Because the only I'm not really a gamer. I just remember me and my friends getting together for Smash Brothers often, and right. I'm just thinking of like uh, what kind of fire fighting styles that they would have. And I think that Eliza would be cool, but just a lot less projectiles. Jimmy and Jimmy, Wanda and Cosmo, there'd be a lot of firing stuff. So that'd be pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Um. And much like with the, uh, and a lot like the Scooby-Doo and Courage, I did not think that this thing was going to be a real thing until French sent me a trailer for it. That was the only time, because like, people post whatever they want, so I don't believe it until I see it. (laughs) Yeah, I need need the trailers, I need the release dates, I need to see more media coverage on it, because that's the only way you're going to get me to be convinced about any of this. I, because I, I mean, we've all seen it where something will get so close to being even a trailer and we don't know it, it'll go into limbo or just be killed completely. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. And then I'm like, please don't, don't ruin me with a good time. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. <laughs> I will wait for it. And I'm like, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Like, is it out? Um, have you seen the, uh, the test footage for the Popeye cartoon that we're never going to get? No. Yeah, uh, it was done by the same dude who made, a uh, um, Hotel Transylvania. He was, oh. he grew up being a big fan of Popeye and he wanted to make a Popeye movie. Yeah. And they, they made test footage and the test footage looks fantastic, but it's done. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think it's just killed. <laughs> so, but it's, I guess maybe they feel like maybe they don't want to move forward with it because it's so classic that they feel like mm, I don't want to mess it up. I'm like, well, I feel like y'all recreating all these other classes now. I'm like, what what, what good harm is it going to do? <laughs> it. I recommend watching the, the, the test footage because it is gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very in line. It's, um, it's a good combination of current CG and the rubber hose animation style of Popeye. Gotcha. Um, olive oil's limbs are definitely there's no bones in her and <laughs> you see that in a test footage and it's just spectacular um and i'm very bummed out that it's never going to happen because uh i feel like one thing that i really like about one thing i'm one thing i don't really like a lot about a lot of cg movies is that there's no stylization where the where the plants and uh clouds they look realistic mm-hmm. i like it when you can make it look um, unexpected, where it is stylized. And yeah. that's one of my favorite things about your paintings, is that it is definitely through the filter of your artistic um, abilities, of your of what you want to portray. Yeah. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so you, you, you can't tell us what you're going to do for the fluorescent paintings, right? You want to reveal that when you reveal it? Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, like I said, I do want to create. I have another uh, two characters. I have two inv- invaders. Them will be in the same style as the Scooby Doo and the Shaggy painting. Um, as far as the colors are concerned, I'm still undecided. I'm not sure if I want to keep them as their original colors, or I might just pick one color from both of them and just use just one flat color. I haven't, I think it's what's called monochrome style. 
I do want to try that. So I think for those two alone, those would probably be a good start for me to do it on. Um, will they be done in time for the August show for Philly? Probably not, but I will at least be showing my viewers what the process will be for it. Which style do you think is easier, uh, Zim or Scooby? Scooby. Scooby? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, Scooby seems like his, the way they illustrate him, he's a little bit more loose. Um, in a sense, it's, it's like because he has so many different versions look to him, you can almost kind of be wrong, but not necessarily be right. Versus with Zim, he's pretty much that same blockhead eyes are pretty much the same intricate ish, um, where it's like, all right, well, you know, in a sense, you know, he's like this, not this solid green ish, where Scooby, he's kind of like at that time, they kind of changed his color tone a little bit. He's almost like three different shades of brown versus like how he was the classic Scooby-Doo versus even so now he looks a little bit more tannish versus more of like that dark brown that we're used to seeing him as so I feel like with him you can kind of like mess around you can make his nose a little bit bigger you can probably make the parts of his mouth a little bit bigger um even his tongue his collar everything of that you can pretty much kind of twist it up a little bit versus with them it's like you almost kind of have to get it concise like almost drawing anime characters they're so clean and concise you can't really can't be too messy or else it looks funny that is a an incredibly valid point uh, <laughs> <laughs> because like I, I like drawing Zim because uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of really straight jagged edges uh, when you draw teeth and you draw teeth looking like a zipper that that can be a lot of fun yeah um but you're right because Scooby-Doo has gone through so many iterations and we've uh, just have it in the back of our head we all know Scooby-Doo mm -hmm. you can do whatever because I told someone that drawing Batman because Batman's been done so many times I can't mm -hmm. mess up I can draw whatever kind of Batman I want and everyone's just going to take it if I have certain visual uh cues to let you know it's Batman mm -hmm. but if I draw some character like Yusagi Ojimbo that character has like only one style and <laughs> it's very important you're right that that you 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 mess it up you mess up one little thing and it's yeah. suddenly not the character <laughs> <laughs> something else so this episode, uh, this bowl of Question Crunch will come out uh, on uh, International Friendship Day. Now, when I was looking up this day, uh, I've seen so many different days of friendship. So I'm like, all right. Well, and it, I, I even saw a list of all the countries that celebrate it on various days. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm going to celebrate this day when this episode, when this bowl comes out. <laughs> so... Who are who are your favorite uh, animated friends? I I I know we've mentioned Scooby Doo often, so that could be on the top. But other than Scooby Doo, what are some of your animated best buds? Uh, my other animated, I love Taz. He's so he's just wild and rambunctious. Um, he doesn't he's a man, very many words. Um, he's been a one. Um, I actually like Dexter. Dexter's Laboratory. He's another one of my favorite pals. Granted, he's like this, this smart assness to him, but he's he's smart when he wants to be. I mean, he can have a heart uh, at times. But what about what about friends? Because I know I've seen you do drawings of Arnold uh, and Daryl. Arnold, Ashley, uh, Doug, and Skeeter. Those two. With uh, those are definitely in my top. Um, I like their their friendship. They're kind of quirky ish. Uh, in a sense, although Doug is sometimes there's moments where he kind of reminds me of me where he's a little bit like reserved ish and he kind of wants to be out there. But at the same time, it's like he's so he's like a turtle. 
like he's like hey you know hi how's it going and then as soon as someone speaks to him he's like oh, i'm going back in my shell for a little bit and that's kind of like how i can be a lot of times because like granted i can talk to people but after a while i can get real consumed in my own thoughts and my own things and i the anxiety will start to take over and then i want to go back in my little shell i think a lot of reasons like i also used to hate taking art class I didn't like being praised. I didn't like when teachers wanted to put my work out on display. And they're like, look at what she's done. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, please, let's not talk about my work. I don't want the, I didn't want the recognition whatsoever. I just want to just, I'm just here in the class just to take it, just to not do anything that I want to do. And I'm like, y'all can go about your business, like, please. So yeah, those are my, those are my guys. <laughs> I totally understand that. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've always been a big fan of Doug. Um, I feel like uh, if, if anyone makes even the slightest sound that sounds like the theme song for Doug, you just get that <laughs> song in your head and you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, got to finish it off. <laughs> um, I've, I've got a friend who's done a cosplay of Roger, and it's uh, the creepiest thing oh, to see any God. Doug characters in live action. He's my favorite villain. He's my favorite little I'm like, well, everybody knows Roger, he's a softie. I don't think people understand that he is a big softy. He just has that big tough guy persona. But outside of that show, I'm like, that man's real soft. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, it's it's weird because I'm thinking of uh um uh, of Doug and Skeeter, and I'm like, ah. it's weird because those two characters, I feel like I can identify with both of them simultaneously, mm -hmm. and also not at all. Yeah. Because I, I, I understand Skeeter's desire to want to goof off and be silly and make sounds, make make sound effects when he's talking. But also, I'm like, no, calm down. Let's let's go back to Doug. Let's uh, draw yeah. some Quail Man comics. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, so uh, what what other combination of friends you, you've got? Because like I, I've seen so many of your other drawings and. There's a lot of friendships. There's a lot of uh, team ups. Um, right. um, Pepper Ann, uh, their their little trio group is one. Um, I actually still have that drawing. It's actually on my wall. Um, I have them. I actually, although they're a little bit more newer now, I love. I'm obsessed with the show. I do love. I like Boss Burgers. I love the kids. Their level of their sister, the brother sisters, but at the same time, they also have that that cool friendship. Um, I also kind of like the little twins, Andy and Ollie. They're like the most creepiest <laughs> people on that show. They're so weird. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, does this make sense? And I like how they are with each other. And it's like, no, I don't want to do it if he doesn't do it. And they're like, but I'm going to do it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do it too. So I like their quirkiness uh, together. It's so, it's so weird, but it's like, it makes you laugh. I like weird things anyway, so it works. Which is your favorite episode, or at least what what's ep an episode that comes to mind when I say favorite of Bob's Burgers? And I say that because uh, I can't pick a favorite episode, but I can think of one that goes straight to the top of my head. There's so many different ones. Oh my gosh. Uh, between when Lu <laughs> Luis and Coochie Kofi, that when she learned how her love for that, what's that uh, that weird boy band group that came out when she secretly, <laughs> she was secretly fan. She fanboyed him so bad. I can't think of his name. He had the blonde hair. He was the cute little boy. That right? Was... I, I I just remember I remember her saying, like, I, I don't love him. I just want to slap him. I just want to slap yeah. his stupid <laughs> face. <laughs> this kid. Um, I like they actually had the episode where they allow, like, different styles of different artists submit their work of their version of Bob's Burgers. 
And I kind of like how they had them. They had the Archer look to them. Some of them had the Simpsons look. I was like, yo, this is so dope. Um, what else is another one? Where uh, Valentine's Day, when Tina got crushed by Jimmy, and they decided to go for that limo drive and <laughs> show up <laughs> to the little dinner reservation. They were riding in that limo. I'm just like, I don't think any of this is legal. But we're going to work with it. <laughs> so I think the creators for them, it's it's such a funny show. And you're just, you can't not laugh at it. It's like that, it's weird, dark, funny humor that some people, you just got to have a sense of humor to understand that show completely or you're just going to be left in the dark. <laughs> and I also like it how uh, a lot of people in that show are just really supportive. Even when they are the antagonist, I feel like they're, they're antagonists, but they're also not. Yeah, like Jimmy. I'm like, come on, man. Jimmy Festo, he's the... <laughs> He makes me sick, but at the same time, just like, you're no different from half of these people in the show. I do love the old couple that's on there. I think it's her name, Miriam. Um, and their weird cats. Of course, Gail. Oh, my gosh. She is... Uh, <laughs> I can't get enough of her. Her and her cat, Mr. Business. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it kills me every time. I completely forgot what the cat's <laughs> name was, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because uh, one of my coworkers has a cat that reminds me of Mr. Business, and so she likes to take pictures of her cat. And so she has one picture of him next to this gnome, and he just looks so unenthused. And I'm like, yep, that's Mr. Business from Boss Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's another uh, that's another character style, another kind of universe that I love drawing him. That's really fun mm -hmm. to draw in. Just the idea of whenever I draw a character and I'm like, all right, it's Boss Burgers, so we got to get rid of the chin. It's just yeah. top mouth and then down. <laughs> <laughs> like all, all the, most of their characters have the same thing. It's like that same flat face. And I'm like, good grief. That's why I think for me it's so easier to just draw them out versus like any other style that they have out now because like they're all the same. They just change their nose. They all pretty much have like the same amount of eye shape just about. But yeah. I just feel like whenever I've gotten a uh, drawing request from Bob's Burgers, I'm like, okay, good. This is going to be relaxing. This is going to be fun. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I don't have to really do too much work on this. <laughs> and I've done that. I've done, uh, what was it? I've done Tina from, uh, what was the character? It was something It was something related to butts. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, uh, I think it was like, uh, butt loose, butt loose Tina. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually have. I have a shirt with her where she has like the same face I got as a birthday gift. It has like all the different moods, but it's Tina's straight face every single time. It was like tired, same face, mad, same face. And it's so funny because like my friends like this is so you because a lot of times I have that same like resting bitch face. It's natural. It comes from my father's side of the family. And so it's like when people try to express things to me, I have the same exact look and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Like, all right, sure. <laughs> so that shirt describes it perfectly. I have that one and I have the Tina shirt that says butts on it. And I get a kick when I wear it and people are like, you know what? I watched that show and I get it. And I'm like, yeah, see, you know, you know. <laughs> the episode that I always think about is the uh, candy factory when they break into the abandoned ca oh candy factory. And Lu Luis, whenever she has like any kind of relationship, not even like the boy band one, she, it's mm -hmm. funny because she will get attached to the, the, the Tappy Man. She got attached to him, but mm -hmm. also like yelled at him, like tell him to shut up, even though he's not saying anything. And I just love. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this show is so weird, but it's so cool to watch though. Um, there was one time at Comic Con where uh, I was just sitting 
somewhere and getting sketches done and charging my phone because you know at comic-con whenever you find an outlet at any convention you're like all right gotta charge up um and i did that and the cast of bob's burgers started showing up in the little area because they were going to do a script read and i was like oh, this is cool this is awesome i couldn't hear anything but i was definitely sitting there and just enjoying seeing all the faces show up and uh yeah. um i forget the uh actor's name louise the voice actress um but yeah she uh some drunk because it was comic-con and there was a bar mm-hmm. just a few feet away uh he just started waltz waltzing with her <laughs> <laughs> and her handler came in to try to interrupt the waltz but she just kept going with it and it was pretty funny to see <laughs> <laughs> so what would you what kind of words of inspiration would you give to anyone who decided uh to start painting for like three years and get amazing (laughs) (laughs) um i definitely want to say pack your patience uh rome was definitely not built in a day um know that you have to work with learn try different other mediums um with like grant i use acrylics um, sometimes most people don't work with acrylics. Some people feel like oil is their best bet or maybe watercolor is their best bet. Um, learning to take your time to mess around with the colors to know like, you know, what works, what blends well, what doesn't. Um, learning different types of brushes. Like some people can be fine with using just one. People can use others, um, but never be scared to start over. That's why they have gesso. It's probably the best thing they damn near invented for it um also understand that the more layers the darker your colors can be so also be mindful of the color choices that you're choosing and just learn how to have fun with it don't take it so serious um learn to step away if you need to take a break if you feel like you're getting that real angry at it just it's totally fine um if you have a dope playlist that helps too to get the work done faster i probably have maybe six or seven different playlists that suits my moods for a lot of the work that I create. For now, lately, it's been a lot of R&B, um, but then lately I've been listening to my workout playlist um, to get most of my paintings done, uh, which is the coolest, like having that good balance. So that's definitely my advice for anybody. And never be scared to ask questions. Um, Google and YouTube will always be your best bet. Um, and even sometimes if you go to some of these local art stores like Jerry's or what's another one, Blick, a lot of them are mostly actual artists who do work, whether it might be related to your medium or not. They can also be a good outsource use um, to help you get to where you need to be. I can't count how many endless time different canvases I had to buy, and I did not understand what that meant. The difference between cotton, there's linen, there's duck uh, type canvas, and I'm like, okay, so then what works with paint? They're like, well, all of them do, and I'm like, okay so what works with acrylic paint then all of them like okay this is not gonna work i need to know what's gonna give me the clean lines and all that stuff and they're like well it just depends on what size and i'm like okay so i always say never be hesitant just have fun reach out practice and pack your patience